last week was absolutely transformative for our church, okay? I just wanna let you know, like right off the bat, like the church that you are at now, not the church that you would have come to two weeks ago, okay? Does that make sense? Probably not, and I'll explain why. So God has done something absolutely incredible in my life, just reinvigorated me. Uh, he has helped me to, uh, to, to reestablish even my identity in Christ. It's, it's something that I didn't even realize that I was missing, and it's something that I didn't realize that so many of us Christians that are in this place are really missing, that we don't even know who we are, y'all. Like, we don't even know who we are in Christ. Like, you're a son and daughter of God. Like, he handcrafted you and, like, molded you and, and gave you gifts and abilities and talents and your personality and every little thing that you've gone through in your life, your experiences, the ups and the downs, the hills and the valleys, all of that comes secondary, right, to just simply your identity in Christ. All of it, every single bit, all the mistakes you've ever made, all the sins you've ever had in your life, all of it comes secondary to who you are in Christ. Can I get an amen? amen. And there's so many, yeah, I heard that. Let's go, come on now. <laughs> amen, yes. And so I preached a message last week and I told my entire testimony, okay? Like from start to end when I became a Christian, like the mistakes I've made in my life, uh, the, the guilt and the shame that I held onto for years and years, literally until last week, okay? It's like absolutely crazy what God has done in my life. Uh, service was two and a half hours last week, okay? That's not normal for us, all right? I'm just gonna be honest with you. Uh, I, okay, I have to tell you this. So kids ministry, Pastor Caroline came up to me, or we were having our meeting the next day. We have staff meetings on Monday. She said, hey, Pastor Trevor, love what God's doing in the church, our service is gonna be two and a half hours every single week. And I said, no, 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 I promise they're not going to be. Like, don't worry about that. Like, I know it's hard on the kids ministry back there. And she was like, oh, thank goodness. Like, it's just so hard. The kids were falling asleep on the ground, on the gym floor. And I was like, that is awesome. I love that. So anyway, um, it, it, God just did something really, really powerful. And we didn't, I didn't wanna move away from that too quickly, right? When the Holy Spirit of God is moving, you don't wanna press on so fast that you miss something that God wanted to do, amen? So we sat in that thing for a while and people came forward and I could honestly just, it was just absolutely powerful. And I got testimony after testimony after testimony, people texting me, calling me, DMing me, emailing me of like, hey, this is what God was doing in me on Sunday. This is what God did in my life. This is the stuff that I had been holding on to that I let go of. And so I wanna encourage you, uh, there's power in your testimony. Like there's power in your story. And those stories need to be shared. They need to be heard. Like there is power in me sharing my testimony with all of you guys last week. And I think that you would all agree, amen? Like when I shared some of the things that I've gone through and I was just honest, like, hey, this is, this is what I dealt with in my life. And, and I was holding on to guilt and shame and condemnation and all this stuff. And it's like, how many of you are probably holding on to it also, right? Like I'm the pastor and I'm holding on to these things. How much more are you guys probably holding on to these things too? And it was beautiful to see, like there was not a dry eye in the room, it felt like, okay? I mean, it was just absolutely powerful. And so I wanted to share just a couple of testimonies real fast of things that happened last week that I thought were really, really cool. And um, so one, uh, I'm just gonna do it anonymously. What this guy said, last week really put a fire in me to get back into spending more time with God and the word again, praying in tongues more, praying more, stepping out, uh, writing to people when God puts it on my heart. What else did he say? Man, 
uh, need more fire, more love, and boldness to kick fear in the face. Ha <laughs> ha, I love that. That's awesome, amen? Uh, another person said, Sunday, God moved me to pray with a friend to release all the tension that I had allowed to build up spiritually and emotionally over the past month. Had a lot going on. Uh, this person grew up in like a charismatic church and had like a lot of, you know, kind of church hurt stuff from that. Um, I cried on my shoulder for 10 to 15 minutes. I haven't been in a community like this and since college. Slowly shifting from trying to hold it all together to finally trusting God with it all. It was a sweet healing moment in so many areas of my life. But the biggest thing is God confirmed me again for the hundredth time that Radical Church is my home where I'm safe, loved, and challenged to truly press into everything God has for me. That is absolutely amazing. What a great testimony. And then one more I have for you here. My testimony made me connect and understand about what Pastor Trevor was speaking about his. I felt very hurt while he was speaking of his testimony. And Sunday when he mentioned in the past that Jesus forgave our sins, it doesn't define us as Christians. I've committed sins as a young teenager throughout seven years. I instantly remembered all the sins that broke me and I fell into darkness and I was feeling that all over again, condemned, ashamed, never forgave myself or meant my repentance or apologies to God. I didn't understand how to ask and what it meant. It was raw emotion last Sunday, exactly two years before I met Jesus from something I never expected. Come on, that's amazing. Running away from things, trying to take pain away and all this stuff. And this is what this, is what this person said. After more time of service passed, my heart is set free. Come on, amen. Can we give God glory for that? Fresh start of who God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit is. Experience of Radical Church makes me wanna dive deep into what I'm saying to God in my prayers. That's just incredible, right? These are just three of the many, many testimonies that I got over this past week. And uh, I, I'm gonna make this more of a habit for us to share stories like this. Uh, we'll share them on video. We'll share them from the stage like this, different things like that. Cause I want you to say, hey, we're all just real people, like going through real stuff. Uh, but God is on our side, amen. And if God's on our side, who can be against us? So like, we are gonna share our stories and it's gonna encourage others and it's gonna build our faith to do more and to see more and to, to let go of some of those things we've been holding on to. So I have two testimonies for you guys uh, that I wanna share from me personally that's happened over the past week. So um, I went to this conference in Arkansas uh, on Friday and Saturday. If you didn't hear the story, it, by the way, I encourage, please go back and watch last week's. It's on YouTube now. If you did not watch last week, like it's gonna be hard to kind of like go into the rest of this, but I'm gonna try to, I'm gonna try to bring us there, okay? So uh, the Lord just told me that I needed to go to this conference. It was on a Tuesday or Monday night, the Lord told me that. And so on Tuesday, I called my friend Jeff, who is one of the guys here at the church, one of the leaders here. And I said, hey, do you wanna fly to Arkansas to go to a conference with me like Friday, like this Friday? And he said, plans are canceled, let's do it right now. So we go to this conference and the Lord just completely broke all of the fears I've ever had in my life off of me, broke all the sin, like guilt, shame from all that stuff that I dealt with in my past, broke it all off of me like in an instant. It was absolutely incredible. And then he brought a message, he brought that message back from Arkansas with me to tell all of you last week. And that's why it was really so powerful, I feel like. So, um, but while we were there in Arkansas, one of the things that they do at the conference is they actually encourage you to go out and do outreach. So you go to different sessions, they empower you, they help you, and then you go and do outreach. And so, hey, by the way, if you hear the kids coming by, just, just say hello, kids, because they're going to the restrooms right here. These are the only restrooms in the whole building, so just we're just gonna have to live with it, okay? It is what it is, all right? So, um, but, so we um, went on this outreach, and now I'm nervous, okay? I don't know about you, but... 
it gets a little weird if you're like trying to talk to somebody about your faith, especially strangers that you've never met before. Super weird, right? Okay. And it's just not something that we normally do, which is kind of ironic because it's supposed to be something that we normally do as Christians, right? It's supposed to be a normal thing. And yet it's not a normal thing for us. And so uh, we go into this Walmart and what they do is they pair you with like more confident people. So they say, hey, if you're confident in going out and sharing your faith, would you just come up to the front? So all these people go up to the front. It was like half the room, even more than half the room, which I was pretty shocked about. So they went up to the front of the room and then they said, hey, if you're not confident in like sharing your faith, that means that you're probably still on the stage. Like you've never like just gone out and talked to random strangers about your faith, whatever. And so I'm sitting next to this couple and I already knew that we were probably gonna go with them. And so I didn't even do anything or whatever. But uh, so they're sitting there and they start to walk out. And I look at Jeff and I was like, all right, man, I'm gonna be real with you, bro. This is not normal for me, okay? And like Jeff's like, no, I've done this before. And you know, I'm, I'm a little nervous too though. I'm not gonna lie. He's kind of an introvert. I'm an extrovert. I talk to people for a living, okay? And I'm nervous, all right? So, you know, it didn't matter in that situation. He's introvert, I'm extrovert. I'm still a little nervous, you know? And so uh, that couple went out and I was like, I really feel like we were supposed to go with them. And he's like, well, let's go get them. So we run outside to literally chase them down and say, hey, can we go with you guys? Like, I know we've been kind of chatting a little bit. They were sitting next to us during the service and I had just been crying the whole time. And they're like, sure. I mean, we're actually just like going to Walmart to get some stuff while we're here and figure we would just pray for some people while we're there. And we're gonna go to Chili's and then just go hang out there. And I was like, perfect, sounds good. So we go to Walmart and uh, we have this great conversation when we first get there. And then this guy, Daryl, he's extra bold, like just ready to pray for people, okay? He goes over and he says, oh, there's our people. And I was like, what? He was like, them, we're gonna go pray for them. And it, it looked like a mom and a daughter and, and the mom was kind of like hunched over a little bit and she's a little bit older, maybe like 65, 70, somewhere in there. She's kind of hunched over a little bit, looked like she was in pain. And so he was gonna go pray for her. So he goes over and is about to pray for her. And, and she, he says, hey, would you like us to pray for you? It seems like you might be in a little bit of pain. And you know, is there anything we can pray for you about? And she said, oh no, honey, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. He said, are you sure? Is there anything we can pray for? No, 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 I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. I'm like, I mean, okay. And I'm just standing there. I'm like, I'm glad that he's doing it, not me. You know, I'm like, I'm just standing there like, yeah, go ahead, Daryl, you get him, you know, sure. And so, uh, He's trying to pray for this lady. And then her daughter's standing right next to her. And I said, well, hey, what's your name? And, you know, she's like, oh, that's my name, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, you know, I actually do prison ministry. And, you know, it's something that I, uh, that God's put on my heart. And I've been doing it for a few years now. And I was like, well, that's really, really cool. And then just I immediately, I don't know what came into me. But I was like, hey, can we pray for that? I mean, like, your mom's like, let us pray for you. So like, I might as well pray for you, you know? Uh, which is side note here. How many of you know that sometimes like you think that you're supposed to be doing one thing and then God takes that one thing that you thought it was supposed to be and then actually that's what leads you to the thing that God was supposed to have for you. You know what I'm talking about? You ever been in that situation before? You think, oh, I know exactly where I'm going. And then it's like, no, 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 actually I was just taking you there so that you could get to here. And that's what I feel like God did right in that moment because the second I just grabbed her hand and the second I grabbed her hand, immediately I got this picture in my head of people, like I just like zoomed in on the prison, okay? And it went straight into the prison, it kept going. And I saw them and they had chains on their arms and like chains on their hands, went through the bars and it actually just went straight into their heart. And then I saw them in their heart and there was like chains actually on these guys' hearts and on these girls' hearts. 
And so I just started speaking that over her. I was like, hey, listen, I don't know if this means anything to you, but I just feel like you have a unique gift to help people and to see the chains that are actually in their hearts. Not, not just like the chains that are on their arms, like they're in prison, they're locked up, right? But there are chains on these people's hearts, on these women's hearts that you have a unique gift and ability to see, and you're gonna be breaking off those chains. This woman just starts bawling, like just complete, just lost it in the middle of, uh, and you could just see it. She's trying to hold it together, right? She's trying to, but she's just crying. I could see that God is just touching her. I was like, man, you're going to be able to see into those people. And there's generational curses. There are generational bonds and and chains that are on these people's hearts. And you're going to be the primary agent in breaking these things off so that their kids are not going to deal with the same things that they dealt with. And I was like, I hope that means something for you, but I'm going to pray for this. And so I just started praying with her and, and it was just a beautiful moment. And I walked away from that and I was like, what in the world just happened? You know, like that was so, I actually saw it. It wasn't like, you know, a lot of times people get freaked out when you hear of like visions or like weird things like that. Most of the time it's just kind of like a picture, you know? I've gotten these things before. Like when I, I told the Whataburger story last week, when I was 19, God told me to, woke me up at four in the morning and told me I saw this picture of a kid uh, in a cast that was walking out of Whataburger and God said, go pray for him. And so I did. Sure enough, the kids there, cast, crutches, everything. Like exactly how I saw it in my, in my vision. It wasn't as freaky as you would think, right? It was just a picture. That's all I saw, just a picture. And so, um, and so I, I saw that picture and prayed into that. And you know, I don't know what she's gonna do with that. I have no idea, but it's not up to me, right? It's up to God. Now God's planted the seed and now God's gonna water that thing and make it grow. I mean, you don't have to do everything. It's not like you have to go and share your entire story in five minutes and get them saved right there on the spot and plug them into a local church. You don't have to do all of that, you know? All you have to do is be obedient to what God tells you to do. So that was the first time I stepped out in a long time, like sharing my faith with just somebody I had just met, right? which is crazy, right? That should be a normal thing for us, but it's not. And last week I talked about why are the reasons why? Why do we do that? Why do we not share our faith? And number one is because we think it's weird. We think we'll lose our reputation. People think we're a weirdo, whatever it is. Number two, uh, it's because we don't believe in what we say we believe, just being completely honest. Like if you don't believe actually that God is real, heaven is real, hell is real and all that stuff. If you don't believe it, then it would make sense that we wouldn't share our faith, right? And so you have to look inside. And then I actually thought of a third one later. And that's what we are really gonna be talking about over the next few weeks. And we did last week as well, is that you feel like you maybe don't have the tools to do it. Does that make sense? Like you just feel like, how, how do I do this? I don't know. Like, and that's why in, even in that conference, they pair you up with people that are more confident because like they've done this before. They've gone through it before. They have the tools and the abilities and they've seen things happen before. They say, hey, you know what? Like when you pray for them, like this actually really works. Like when you say this kind of a stuff or, or just be honest, like share your story here. And, and it was really cool to hear Daryl and, and his wife, Cindy, uh, just kind of help us and talk through some of these things that they've seen over the years of praying for people in public and, and just sharing their story in public and everyday life. And so really what I wanna focus on over the next few weeks, and we're gonna get really into this, is giving you every single tool that you need to be able to share your faith with people in your everyday life, because that's what God calls us to, amen, is to be a light in a dark and broken world, right? We're supposed to let our light shine. We're not supposed to just hide it, keep it under a rock, like keep it under a bowl. We're not supposed to do that. We're supposed to let our light shine. So um, as I was there praying for that woman, I saw, (laughs) right before I left, it was funny because I was so nervous, okay? So, so nervous. And I looked over and I shook the mom's hand and I just said, hey, thanks for letting us pray, uh, you know, for your daughter. And she said, oh, absolutely, baby, sounds good. You know, and I look and I see her hat 
and it says push on her hat and it has some prayer hands. And then it says, push, pray until something happens. And I was like, all right, Lord, note taken. <laughs> like I looked at her hat and I was like, that was a word for me now. I thought that we were supposed to pray for her and actually, oh, we're supposed to pray for her. And actually I was supposed to see that hat because now that's encouraging me to continue on and press in and pray until something happens. Keep pushing in and don't stop until God moves. And that's what we're gonna do as a church. Can I just be honest with you? If you've never heard God before, we're gonna pray until you do. Like if you've never felt the Holy Spirit of God before, we're gonna pray until you do. If you've never seen somebody be healed before, we will pray until we do. And then we will keep praying and keep praying until we see more and more and more and more. If you've never seen a family member get saved that you've been praying for for years and years and years, we will keep praying until they are. Come on, I don't know about you. I'm getting a little excited up here. I feel like this is, I feel like I'm preaching good today, guys. Come on, like this is some good stuff, y'all. We're gonna push. We're gonna keep praying, guys. Keep praying until God moves. Because you know what? Prayer actually moves the heart of God. Did you know that? Prayer moves God to action. God doesn't always just move on his own. Sometimes he's waiting for somebody that would get fired up for him. Like, I'm gonna get fired up for Jesus. I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna use the gifts that God gives me, the spiritual gifts, my personality, my experiences, all the hurts and the pains and the things I've been through, my testimony. I'm gonna use all that stuff for help people find Jesus. And when you start doing those things, when you start being bold and, and start praying for those things, I guarantee you God will show up. He will. You know, I haven't seen a lot of these things before. I've seen some of this stuff in the past. Like I've told you guys, like I, you know, I've seen people be healed. It's amazing. It's awesome. I've watched it happen. I haven't personally prayed for somebody and watched them be healed, but I've seen it happen. I literally stood right there and just like watched them. It was really cool. Just got right up out of a wheelchair. Incredible. And I've gotten visions, I've gotten dreams. The Lord has spoken to me specific words before through other people, which has been really powerful. And you can hear about that last week. If you go back to YouTube or, or Facebook, you can watch that. But just because like I haven't seen it before, if just because you haven't seen it before, doesn't mean that it doesn't happen. Like our experience does not determine the truth of the gospel. I said this last week, I'll say it again. But if, you have, if your experience tells you one thing and then the Bible says another thing, your experience is misinformed. I'm sorry. Like we need to redefine like how we think about things. Like if it doesn't line up with the gospel, if it doesn't line up with what Jesus said, then there's a lie that I'm believing in my head, right? And I need to identify what that lie is and replace it with the truth of what's in God's word, amen? So push, okay, so I get back from the conference. Uh, I preach that message on Sunday. Then on Monday, I go to Subway because I wanted, uh, you know, $5 foot long. You know what I'm saying? So like, I was hungry. So I went to Subway. And, uh, and I go in and the dude's just like making a sandwich up front. And I don't know, I just kind of was looking at him and I'm like, okay, like, you know, he, nothing special. He was just kind of making small talk and just said, hey man, like, what can I get for you? And I'm like, I'm gonna get this. My wife wants this. Like, All right, cool. And, and as I'm standing there just looking at this guy, I was like, there's something here. I don't know what this is. And so then the Lord just spoke business. I heard business in my head. I was like, that's not normal. Okay, cool. I mean, the dude's just making my sandwich. Like he's not like a manager or anything, like just business. Okay, like, all right. And so I said, hey man, like just one second. I was like, look at me real fast. I was like, I don't know. Uh, who you are, I don't know anything about you. And this might sound weird. 
but you're not gonna be making sandwiches much longer because God has a business inside of you that he wants to use for his glory. And so you need to go after whatever that business is and, and push through because God wants to use that. He's gonna make that thing successful. And he stops and he's like, uh-huh, <laughs> like what? And in that moment, that's where you can be like, oh crap, I messed up. <laughs> he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, okay, like I just make sandwiches, buddy. Like, but no, that's not what happened. He said, dude, that's crazy. I'm actually a senior at Texas State studying business. And I had this dream for the longest time to start, uh, uh, I would say I wanna be a luthier, which is basically like, uh, you know, crafting guitars. He said, I've always wanted to start this business, but I've been so afraid to like step out and do that because it's a lot of money and I'm just scared to do it. And, you know, it just has a lot that goes into that. And, and you know, I've been, I'm a, a musician, a session guitarist in San Marcos and Austin. I go play shows and stuff like that. But what I really wanna do is I wanna make guitars. That's what I wanna do. I wanna start that business. And I was like, man, that's awesome that you said that because God brought me to tell you today that that thing's gonna be successful and you better go after that thing, bro. I was like, let's pray right now. There's four people standing behind me. I don't care. Like, they're gonna hear me pray over this dude. And so I start praying. I was like, can I grab your hand? And he was like, all right, cool. He takes off his glove, whatever. So I grab his hand. We start praying. I say, God, would you just make this business successful? Like, you revealed this thing to me. God, would you help this young man? I was like, what's your name? He's like, Nate. All right, all right. would you help Nate? <laughs> you know, I didn't even get his name uh, to, to be successful in this business to give him the boldness and the faith to step out and, and, and to, to start this thing and give him provision and all this stuff. And at the end of it, you know, there's a guy that was like laughing behind me. I don't know if he was like laughing at me or he was like kind of laughing like, oh, that's cool or whatever. Like, I don't know why he was laughing. I didn't care, you know? So like, I'm just gonna pray for this dude. And so um, it was really amazing, you know? And that was it, that was it. Like, I didn't say, would you like to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior in your life? Like, that's not what that moment was about, right? The moment was about just being obedient and doing what God told me to do. Maybe I'll go back to Subway, I'll see Nate again, and then he'll tell me about his business that he's starting. And then he'll ask me like, dude, how did you know that? You know, that's kind of crazy. And then we'll have another conversation. We'll talk about that later. But listen, I'm telling you, every single one of you can do this. It's not just that I'm special. Every single one of you can do this, all right? And here's the deal. I wanna go back to what I saw on that lady's hat. I think this is a word, not just for me, but for you. Push. Pray until something happens. That's a powerful thing. We need to pray until something happens. And this is what Jesus tells the disciples to do in Acts chapter one, as a matter of fact. If you'd like to turn there, you can, but it'll be on the screen for you. It says this. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. This is after Jesus, by the way, has been raised from the dead and he's hanging out with his disciples, okay? Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days he will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Wait for the gift. So the title of my message today is simply, wait for it. Wait for it. Just wait for it. This is what Jesus tells his disciples to do. He says, don't leave, don't go anywhere. Don't start ministering to people. You better wait for that thing. You better wait for the Holy Spirit to come. So uh, just a few weeks ago, we started, it was about four weeks ago, we started this series, Erased. Like why we neglect the Holy Spirit in our churches and our personal lives. It's like the Holy Spirit has been erased from our lives. Like God the Father, cool with him. Jesus, love that, the cross, all that cool stuff. Yes, Jesus, right? Resurrection, Holy Spirit, weird, okay? Like, but yet it's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. All three, equally God, all three, very important to the life of a believer. And yet we kind of push the Holy Spirit to the side. So 
Jesus says, wait for it. And he says, it's better that you have the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna leave and I'm gonna send the Holy Spirit to you. It's gonna be a better thing for you. So uh, we celebrated uh, Pentecost about four weeks ago. And a lot of people don't really know about this Christian holiday, uh, but Pentecost is a very, very important uh, celebration for us. It's when we actually celebrate and remember when the Holy Spirit was poured out in the upper room with the 120 disciples that did wait just like Jesus said to. So what does Pentecost mean? Well, if you know, you know kind of a little bit about <clears throat> Uh, wording and different things like that and Greek and Hebrew and all this stuff. You might know some of this stuff, but, but penta just simply means five, okay? And it means 50. And so Jesus actually, he rose on Passover, okay? And so you have about 40 days after he rises. It says that he walked and talked and hung out with his disciples for 40 days. And then he says, wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes. And then it says, when the day of Pentecost came, right? So like when that day came, that's when the Holy Spirit happened. That's when the Holy Spirit dropped. And so all it simply means is 50. So what does that mean? 40 days, Jesus rises. Then they spend 10 days in the upper room praying that the Holy Spirit would come and fill them up. 10 days. 10 days with 120 people in one room. Think about that for a second, guys. Would y'all wanna stay in this room together for 10 days straight? I'm gonna be real. That's gonna get stinky real quick. I don't know if I'm gonna do that. I don't know if I can. I'm just gonna be completely honest with you. Um, maybe they didn't stay the whole time. It doesn't necessarily say. Some people maybe went and got some food, brought it back. Maybe they were cooking there in the, in the lower room. I don't know, maybe they had a kitchen, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, they, they, but they stayed there for 10 days. And I just wanna ask you a question. Like, have you ever prayed for 10 days in a row about anything, like anything. Maybe you have, maybe you haven't, I don't know. 10 days straight. Maybe you prayed for a good grade on a test before you were in school. You're like, Lord, I need some help. 10 days of prayer and fasting for this test. I'm not gonna study at all, but I believe the Lord's gonna help me remember everything that I have not studied. It's like, that doesn't even make sense, you know? I've been praying for 10 years that the Cowboys are getting the Super Bowl again, it hasn't happened. Every day of my life, I feel like, no, I'm just kidding, you know? But maybe it's something more serious. Maybe you've been praying uh, for a family member to be healed of cancer. Like, have you prayed 10 days straight? I'm sure you maybe have, maybe you haven't. For your kids to come back to God, maybe they've left God and they're not following his ways and you're like, man, I just been praying for my kids that they would find God again. Or maybe you've been praying for 10 days straight to find a job or maybe you've been praying for a month. I don't know what that is, but, but like 10 days straight, like not just one day here and then like another day, seven or eight days from now. I'm talking like persistent prayer, continuous for a long time, 10 days straight. Most of us wouldn't do that, if I'm being honest, especially not with 120 people in some stinky upper room, right? So you would only pray for something. I think you and I would agree on this, you would only pray for something that fervently and that persistently if it was something that really mattered, right? Like it, had to, it has to really matter. It has to be very, very important. And so I think we have to ask ourselves, is the baptism of the Holy Spirit, is being empowered by the Holy Spirit important enough to pray for just 10 days straight? Could we follow the example of the disciples the 120 in the upper room, could we follow that example and be persistent in prayer for just 10 days that we would be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit 
to be a better witness to people in our everyday lives. And then we have to ask ourselves, like, do I really want this? I think that's the question you really have to ask. Like, do I actually really want to be a witness? Because I said last week, you don't need the Holy Spirit if you don't want to be a witness. Like, if you don't want to tell people about Jesus and you just want to keep that thing to yourself and just like go into your everyday life and like just be happy and, and like God's fulfilled me and everything and that's cool and all, but like if you want to be a witness and if you want to live like Jesus lived, you need the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, you need the Holy Spirit and to fill you up on a regular basis. I need the Holy Spirit to fill me up on a regular basis. So if you understand what this gift really means for you, just being completely honest, I don't see how we wouldn't pray 10 days for it. I don't think you can. Like, like Jesus said, wait, like don't do anything. Stop, hold on, wait. And I just think we, I'm gonna nail this thing down. Like I'm going to nail this until we get this. Like do not do anything until you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. John 14, 12, we'll be in John 14 for a little bit. If you wanna turn there, it'll be on the screen. I'm gonna tell you a little bit about what the gift of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit will do for you and for me. Because I know, we, there's a lot of different teaching on this and, and you can go back last week for more teaching on it. We've been in it for the last few weeks, but it says this, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these. There's two different things there that you see. Whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. What are the works that Jesus did? Come on, you know them. They're impressive. They're incredible. Blind eyes were open, deaf ears could hear, paralyzed people were getting up and walking. Jesus was able to actually know the thoughts of other people, which is really cool. And a lot, most of the time he used that against people that were trying to get at him. He was like, why are you guys thinking that bad trash about me right now? You know, like, wouldn't that be awesome if you could just like, your wife is thinking something bad about you and you're just like, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I know what you're thinking about me. Like, you think I'm awful right now. And she's like, yeah, you are. It's like, you know, I don't even need to read your mind. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, but like you can read the mind of people uh, and actually like be able to, to see what's going on inside of them and call that thing out and say, hey, listen, I, you know, I feel like that you're really struggling right now with this. And you know what? God wants to break that thing off you right now. How did you know that? That's incredible. That's the kind of thing that Jesus was able to do. Dead people were raised back to life. Listen, do I understand how all this works? No, but is it there? Yes, okay? We'll do the works I've been doing. So you can do the things that Jesus did. Super cool if you believe in him, have the power of the Holy Spirit. And they will do even greater things than these, even greater. Now that is the thing that I really like to see, right? And people will say, is it greater in magnitude or is it greater in reach? You know, like you could argue that all day long. But what I do know is that Jesus said it would be even greater, all right? So I'm not thinking lesser. I'm not thinking below what Jesus did. I'm not thinking like, well, I'm half of who Jesus was or I'm, I'm not even 5% of the man that Jesus was. So there's no way. No, no, no. He said, you'll do even greater if you believe in me and then you get the power of the Holy Spirit within you, amen? So this, that's one thing right there. One thing that you can do with the gift of the Holy Spirit. Next, John 14, 15 through 17, just a little bit later. If you love me, keep my commands. I will ask the Father, he will give you another advocate to help you be with you forever. The spirit of what? Truth. Come on, somebody say truth. truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. He is the spirit of truth. When you have the Holy Spirit living within you, when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, 
you will be led into truth. It says that there's a spirit of truth and righteousness, right? You're gonna be led in a way that is not your opinion. You're not gonna be led in a way that's the way of the world, right? You're gonna be led into God's truth, amen? Into truth. I can say a lot more about that, but I will stop there, Lord Jesus. I said, you know what? Fine, all right. So last night I posted something, all right? And people would get, people would get upset or whatever, but I, you know, like it just is what it is. So I can't remember, I, I'm gonna try to quote myself. I'm gonna have to quote it now. But I said, Christians, if the way you think about, if your opinions on any subject line up more with celebrities and Hollywood and culture, more than it lines up with theologians, the Bible and the church, then I think you should probably reconsider those opinions, okay? That's all I gotta say on that, all right? Like, like that is what the Holy Spirit of God will do in you is like, it, it, some of these things are so obvious to me and I'm just like, how do people not see what's happening right now? How do people not see what's going on in our culture right now? And it's because, listen, honestly, I'm just being completely real with you. It's because I feel like there's not enough Christians that are filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Like they're Christian by name, they're Christian by like, I go to church on Sunday, but like if you get into God's word, some of these things that we struggle with and we fight on on a regular basis, like culture wars and stuff, they become very, very clear when you get into God's word. It's very obvious. God doesn't make it like gray. There's no gray area on some of these things. There is one stance of the Bible on life. I'm just gonna say it. There is only one way to think about it. If you have a question about it, I'll talk to you about it. But God is unequivocally pro-life. And I know not all of you agree with that. And I'm just gonna be completely honest. Like I think there has to be a lot of grace. I'm just gonna turn for a second, okay? There has to be a lot of grace and love when you have this conversation because not everybody thinks the same way, all right? I would, I would think that if you get in your Bible and you read and you see what God says, that you would come to the same conclusion. I'm just gonna be honest. If you haven't done that yet, like I just encourage you, get in your Bible. Like just read it and it will be so, so, so incredibly obvious. And if you still have questions, man, I will personally help any single person that has a different opinion on that. I will walk you through every single verse. I will walk you through every single uh, um, um, paper that I've read, every single Bible college thing that I've been through. And listen, I understand that the church gets it wrong sometimes. Pastors get it wrong sometimes. Theologians disagree on things. I get that, okay? but God is unequivocally pro-life. And so if you have a question on that, listen, ask me, please. I would love to talk to you about that. Um, But there has to be grace. Here's the deal. All the people that were celebrating the last few days, like super excited. This is a victory for Christians. I believe that, I really do. But now what are you doing about it? Like, are you still willing to adopt? Like, are you willing to give to foster organizations and like to be a foster family? Like that, that that stuff is tough. Like Richard and Lupita, what they just went through, they were able to adopt two kids. They fostered them for a long time. What they went through was hard. I saw it firsthand. That's our connections director and his wife. It is tough to foster, but it's what God calls the church to. God calls us to love, like to take care. This is, true religion is this, is what the Bible says in James. True religion is this, to take care of widows and orphans. That's real religion. 
So like if you are celebrating life and like that, that babies aren't gonna be killed anymore, but then you really don't care afterwards, then like don't say anything. Like you have no place to say anything on it. So you have to understand there's societal things that go along with this too. Like, like people are gonna be traveling to other places to get these things and some people are gonna try to do them unsafely. And then there's like societal impact of people that are uh, in disadvantaged communities. It's gonna be a lot harder for them to get, you know, like there's all kinds of different things that go into this. People will even bring like gun control and all this other stuff into this. Listen, I'm not here to debate like politics. That's not what I care about. I care what the Bible says about life and we will figure out everything else, all right? Like, but we need to be committed to all of it, not just to Roe v. Wade's overturn, yes! And then we go on our lives like nothing ever happened. It's a both and thing. Are we good? If you have a different opinion on that, please talk to me about that. I would love to reach out. I would love to have that conversation because I think that's a very important one to have. I was not planning on talking about that, but here we go. Truth, the spirit of truth. That's what the Holy Spirit does for you. He lives with you, will be in you. Okay, moving on. But the advocate, John 14, 26, the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> whom the Father will send in my name will teach, stop. Don't let offense stop like, you from what God wants to say to you right now. If you're offended, look in your heart, okay? Cut that thing out real fast because God wants to do something in you. Cut that thing out, just feeling it. Just a huge feeling of like, whoa, why did he just do that? Cut that offense out right now and then God wants to speak to you now. The advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things, will remind you of everything I've said to you. What is the advocate? What is an advocate? That word is translated comforter. The word is translated advocate. The word is translated helper. The Holy Spirit is a helper in our time of need. When you are in a deep, uh, bad situation, the Holy Spirit will comfort you and will wrap you in his arms and will help you and will lead you into truth and righteousness, even in the worst difficult times of your life. He lives with you and will be in you. What does that mean? That he's been on them, right? Like the, the, here's the deal. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit came on people. He didn't remain though. We talked about this last week. Like Jesus was the first person that when the Holy Spirit comes, John says, I saw the heavens open up, a voice from heaven, this is my son whom I'm well pleased. The Holy Spirit comes down like a dove, not an actual dove, you know, like coming down, but like it was just like a symbol, right? Coming down and then it says, and remained. And that is the most important part of that right there. The Holy Spirit remained on Jesus, did not leave him in that moment. And what does that mean? That now this is a symbol for you and for me that we can actually have the Holy Spirit remain on us and with us, flowing in and out and through us. Like the Holy Spirit would come on the prophets in the Old Testament, but then it was for a reason and for a season. It was for a time. It was not like a consistent thing that they had. It says the Spirit of God came on David, on Joshua, and on Abraham, all these other people. And they had these incredible moments, but then the Spirit of God like, went away from them again. And now we have access to the Spirit of God every single day of our lives. And all we have to do is ask. It's a gift from God. It's what Jesus says. This is a gift that he wants to give us. He lives with you and will be in you. That's what he's saying. Once you wait for the Holy Spirit and you pray, he will be in you and flowing through you, working in you, right? John 14, 26, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. 
He will teach you all things, will remind you of everything I have said to you. So have you ever been in a, a point before where you're like, I just don't remember Bible verses. Like you've thought about that before? Like, I don't know verses, I don't know references, I don't know anything like that. There have come times, and I truly think this is because I'm straight up baptized in the Holy Spirit. I told that story last week too, that was crazy. Um, so uh, there are times when I'm in a conversation with somebody and God will just bring a verse to my mind, I'm like, I didn't even know that I knew that verse. Like, that's impressive. That's cool. Like, where is that in the Bible? Like, I know that's in there somewhere. Even last week, I was doing that. All, I was just like spitting out scripture last week. Like, you remember, I was just spitting it out. Maybe you didn't know because maybe you don't know your Bible, but like I knew and I was like, I am spitting scripture right now. I cannot tell you where this is, but I know it's in there somewhere, okay? Like, and I've, it's just the Lord bringing those words back to my memory. David says, I've written your word on my where? Heart. It's not a head thing, it's a heart thing. And God will remind you of those things, right? When the time comes, he's gonna remind you, but you have to have the Holy Spirit within you flowing. He's gonna help you, he's gonna speak for you. Even Jesus says this like, it's happening right now, here we go. So Jesus said this, he said, when you get in front of the, the, the Sanhedrin, like he said, the disciples, like you guys are gonna get, you're gonna get tried, you're gonna get tested. And when you get in front of them, don't worry about what you're gonna say. Don't have anything planned. He says, because the Holy Spirit will speak for you. That's cool, right? You don't have to prepare anything. Like you just get in front of them, the Holy Spirit will speak for you. Pretty cool, right? So he's gonna teach you all things and will remind you of things that I have said to you. Acts 1.8. And this is the big one right here. You will receive power. Somebody say power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Come on, can I, uh, Mr. Tim or somebody up here? So we can close out in just a minute. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Listen, I don't wanna be a weak Christian. I don't know about you. I don't wanna be somebody who doesn't have power. I wanna be full of power. That sounds awesome, right? Like I wanna be able to do the things that Jesus did and greater. That sounds really cool, right? Am I the only one? I just want to make sure. Because that sounds really cool to me. And, it, and here's the deal. I said this last week too, but it's not just for me. Like it is for you because it will help you and it'll actually grow the fruit of the spirit in your life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, right? Like, did I miss one? I think we're good. But like, God's gonna grow those things in you when you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit of God. It's for you, but it's also so that you can be a better witness. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes and you will be my witnesses. Those things are linked together. It's not just so that you can have a better life. Like the gospel is not so that your life can be better. I just wanna make sure that all of us understand that, right? Like Jesus said what? In this life, you will have trouble. Stuff's gonna stink sometimes. Life is not great. It's not just like daisies and roses and rainbows all day long. And a lot of people will say yes to Jesus because they think that that's what comes with it. They'll say yes to Jesus because they're like, oh, like I get love, joy and peace, patience and all this goodness, all this great stuff. But then they neglect the part where it says, pick up your cross and follow me. Like that's what it means to follow Jesus. Like pick up your cross. It's not always easy. I posted that thing yesterday and then I posted a verse underneath it. Jesus said, the world will hate you because of me. I lost some followers yesterday. It was fun. I'm okay with it. Like, 
I wish that I didn't, you know, like I'm just, I'm literally just saying the Bible. I'm not saying my opinion. I'm not. I had no opinions in that yesterday. That's just straight Bible. And people get offended. There are people, people that live in the world will naturally be offended by what God is doing in you because it doesn't make sense to them. Like I don't expect people in the world to understand what's happening in me. I don't, I really don't. But people are gonna hate you because of the things that you believe, the things that you think. And that's why I posted that yesterday because it's like, listen, if the entire world and culture and Hollywood and celebrities and all that stuff, if all of them are agreeing with me, then I'm like, I need to make sure that my opinions are rooted in God's word because that's when I start to worry is when no one hates me. When everyone's like, I like that guy, sounds good. And like, they're not even Christians. Like that should, that should pause. You know what I mean? Like, let me take a second and reevaluate the things that I believe. And how do you reevaluate the things that you believe? Listen, you can go to a pastor or you can go to a church. You can listen to me on a Sunday morning. That's great. But get into God's word for yourself and figure out what God says about it. Amen? That's how you evaluate what you should believe. Can we work through this thing together and have these conversations and, and work out our own salvation together? Like, like figuring out what this stuff means? Yeah, of course we can do that. But like you gotta get in this thing for yourself. So listen, wait for it. Would you pray 10 days, 10? If I told you that it would mean that you could understand your Bible better through the Holy Spirit, just 10 days straight and you can understand everything in the Bible. I'd pray 10 days for that. Would you pray 10 days straight if I told you you could become more like Jesus in your everyday life? Would you pray 10 days if I told you it'd mean you could pray for the sick and see them healed in Jesus' name? 10 days if you'd have the power to cast out demons, that blind eyes would be open, that deaf ears could hear, that your friend or your family member could meet Jesus and all you had to do was pray 10 days straight. Would you do that? Would you pray 10 days if you could get the boldness to speak to a stranger about Jesus? Just 10. All of these things are possible. 10 days. Listen, what if 120 people, there's 120 people in the upper room last week. I mean, there's about 120 people, you know, in this church right now, maybe a little bit more. What if 120 people in this room right now were set on fire for Jesus? What would happen? 120 people were in that upper room and all of them got filled with the Holy Spirit. What happens? 3,000 people get saved on the same day and then the world was never the same. Never the same. They changed everything. The Bible is the most read and most sold book in history written over thousands of years with over 40 different authors. And it all tells one story of how God so loved the world that he sent his son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but would have everlasting life. That's what the Bible is about. And 120 people changed the course of history. How do they do it? By the power of the Holy Spirit and the truth of knowing who Jesus was, that he died, was buried, and was resurrected on the third day. And now he sits at the right hand of the Father and he's praying for us. That's a beautiful thing. They were empowered by the Holy Spirit. 
not in their own intellect, not in their knowledge of like, I know this about the Bible. I know this about God. No, do you know God? Like, do you know him? More importantly, does he know you? In the last, this is, in the last days, it says in the Bible, people will say, Lord, Lord, did we not cast out demons and do all these miracles and all these cool things in your name? And, and Jesus said, I will say, get away from me. I never knew you. Like, does God know you? Because I can know about God and I can think I know God, but if God doesn't know me, like if we're not in a relationship together, what's the point of all of this? Like, and at that point, it's just nominal. Like you're just a Christian by name. You just like go to church on Sunday, right? That's it. No, no, no. God wants to know you, have a relationship with you and use you in your everyday life to tell other people about the hope that we have. Listen, being a Christian is not so that your life can be better. It's about glorifying God. This life is that fast. In relation to the eternity that we have in front of us, it's, it's what is it? Life is a vapor, it's a mist, it's gone. It's here one moment, it's gone in the next. And yet all we wanna do is build up more comfort for ourselves. God didn't call you to be comfortable. He actually calls you to be uncomfortable, to step out and be bold. That's what the Holy Spirit will do for you and for me. Would you stand up in this place? Listen, 120 people changed the world. What do you think 120 people in this room right here, right now could do for Hayes County? You, you think that like you're any different? We're the same. Like there's no difference between you and the disciples and the other people in the 120 in the upper room. Nothing different. but we don't think that we're the same as them. Like, it seems like, oh, they're like heroes, you know? No, they're just normal people empowered by the spirit of God. That's it. Just normal people. That verse from last week, Elijah, he's in James as well. Elijah was just a man is what it says. And yet he prayed and for three and a half years, it didn't rain. It's crazy called fire down from heaven. But it says, Elijah was just a normal guy. But he had the spirit of God on him in that moment for a reason, for a season, Old Testament, right? But now every single day we can have that. It's incredible. And it's not about personality. Some of y'all are like, well, I'm introverted. You think God cares about that? <laughs> like, seriously, I'm just gonna be honest. Like, well, I don't really like talking to people that much. You know, you think out of 120 people in the upper room, they were all extroverts? Like, seriously, we really think that? Come on, guys. Like the chances are that at least 30 of them were introverts. I mean, come on, maybe 20, I don't know. But like a minimum, there had to be a few of them in there. It has nothing to do with being introverted or extroverted. It's not about your personality because this is what Jesus said. You don't have to prepare what you have to say. Like when you get in front of people, the Holy Spirit will speak for you. So good for you. It's not even you. It's the Holy Spirit that does it through you. You just have to be willing and obedient, be a vessel. That's all you have to do. It's not about your personality. And it's also not about pastor versus parishioner, okay? It's not like I'm the cool guy that like has the testimonies and I come and share and we go hoorah and that's it. You're like, I am no different than you. In the same way that Peter and Paul and all these other guys, they were no different. They were just submitted to the Holy Spirit, right? Did Jesus show up to Saul and turn him into Paul? Yes, that's really cool that he had that experience and Jesus called him to something specific. But yet at the same time, like there is no difference. 
Like you don't get a junior Holy Spirit and I get like Holy Spirit 2.0 or something like that. Like that's not how this works. Like it's not about the office of a pastor or anything like that or an evangelist. Like it's just about being submitted. Mark 16, 17 through 18. These signs will accompany those who believe. Those who what? Believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. When they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. Every single one of these things is recorded in scripture. Are we gonna pick up snakes in church? No, okay, like everybody calm down. The point was, is if like you get into a bad situation or like something hurts you, like you don't have to be afraid. That actually did happen, which is kind of cool. And maybe it was recorded that they drank deadly poison, but they wouldn't know, right? I mean, obviously they could have drank deadly poison. They would have just never known because nothing happened. So that's why it wasn't recorded. Well, we'll go for that. (laughs) But they will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. Listen, it's not for me. It's not for the disciples. It's not for anybody. It's for everyone who believes, Luke 11, five through 13. I'm gonna make you stand a little bit because I want you to get ready. Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend. I'm gonna tell you a story. You go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. Friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. Suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. Door's already locked and my children are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. To the one who knocks the door will be open. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, know, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? What a cool parable from Jesus. Wait for it. That's what we're doing today. How much more will the Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? All you have to do is ask and God will give it to you. But it can't just be a... Hey man, you got some bread? I got my friends coming over and I need some bread. Don't hear anything? (sighs) Okay, I'll go. Is that what he did? No, because of your shameless audacity. I'm coming over to the window. I'm like, hey, you in there, bro? I need some food. Like, bro, get out of of here. My kids are asleep. You're waking up. Man, I gotta have some food. I gotta have it. I literally have to have, like my friend is here. Like, you got any sausage? You got some bacon? I'm gonna cook. We're gonna do printer. We're gonna do printer. It's midnight. We're gonna do some printer. Like, we could go to Waffle House, but I need some food right here. There's a Waffle House coming to Kyle. Anybody know that? Come on, praise Jesus. Anyway, we're just gonna segue there. Anyway, we're gonna do some printer. It's midnight. I know. Can you give me some food? Like, bro, will you leave me alone? Like, I'm already in bed. Like, I'm in my undies, man. It's like, bro, I don't care. I'm like, okay, I'll crawl through the window. Okay. Like that is the kind of shameless audacity that God requires of us. Listen, waiting, when Jesus says, wait in Jerusalem, that is not a passive wait. 
A lot of times we think, wait, it's like I'm sitting, I'm waiting, I'm not doing anything. No, 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 it is an active pursuit of what Jesus wanted for them to have. Waiting is not passive, it is active in that. And listen, there are some things that God will only do through persistent prayer. There's some things that only will happen if you pray persistently, constantly. You want it, you need it, I'm asking for it. Like I'm not just gonna ask once and leave. There's a Bible verse that says this, the disciples went and tried to cast out a demon and they couldn't do it. The people like, hey, Jesus, your disciples tried to cast out this demon and it didn't work. And the disciples were upset. They're like, hey, why couldn't we do this? And Jesus said, now listen, this this kind only comes out through through prayer. Some translations say fasting in there as well, not all of them. But this kind comes out only through prayer. So what does that mean? There are certain things in the spiritual realm that can only be done through prayer. And I would also throw in fasting as well. So what we're gonna do, I have not even told our staff this yet, so you're hearing this for the first time. But I'm calling our church to 10 days of prayer and fasting. 10. 40 days, they were with him. 10 days they prayed, Holy Spirit comes. We are gonna start it on Wednesday. So you have time to prepare whatever it is you need to do from Wednesday to next Sunday, 10 days of prayer and fasting. I'll tell you a little bit about what that means, but listen, I don't wanna move on from all this so quickly. Like what happened last week was great, but if you just leave it at last week, then what's the point of it? Like that's not what God wanted us to do. Our church is completely different now, okay? And I hope you understand that. Jesus said, you need this, I need this. Why are we going after it? Because he said we want it. He said we need it, okay? So this is what I want you to do. I want you to pray every day. And you can start tomorrow if you want. You can start today. But we're gonna start officially on Wednesday. Pray every day that God would fill you with his spirit. Pray every single day for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you don't know what that means yet, just read your Bible. It'll tell you a little bit about it, okay? Go last week, the week before, I talked about all these things, okay? Listen to those messages. Pray every day for the gifts of, Spirit to be, the gifts of the Spirit to be evident in your life. The Bible says that we should earnestly seek after the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy is what it says, because prophecy is very edifying. Like when I got that word business for that guy, it's immediately like, whoa, how did you know that, you know? And immediately it confirms that I heard it from the Lord, right? So that's why the Bible says you should especially go after prophecy because tongues and interpretation, like you can say Scooby-Doo backwards or whatever. And it's like, that doesn't mean anything to anybody. Like, like the, my favorite one is the, the car ones, like bada Mazda shoulda bought a Honda. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> bada Mazda shoulda bought a Honda. Come on now, like they slow it down for you there, guys. Like every, you know, like we're not faking that thing here, but the problem is like you speak in tongues, it's like, okay, like that doesn't really edify everybody because nobody knows what it's saying. That's in 1 Corinthians 14. Read through that if you wanna read through about the gifts of the spirit, okay? Pray every day for God to give you boldness to share your faith because that's what the baptism of the spirit is all about. If you don't want to share your faith, I would seriously doubt that the Lord would be like, hey, here's this gift that can help you share your faith even though I know you don't really want to. Come on, guys, not gonna happen. And then we're gonna fast. Fasting is very important, okay? All throughout scripture, there's precedent for it. Um, it always involves food. That's hard for me. 
just gonna be honest, okay? Always involves food. If you wanna do a social media fast, that's great. That's not fasting, all right? Like you want to, you know, not watch Netflix or something, like that's great, not a fast, all right? Fasting always involves food. Um, the point of it really is, is that you're depriving your body of something that the Holy Spirit makes up for, right? And then you're taking that time where you would be eating a meal and you're devoting that time to prayer. Like that's the point of it. And there's different kinds of fasts, okay? And I would encourage you to do different kinds of things, but what does fasting do? A few things quickly. Fasting fast tracks your prayers, like you, you have a connection with the Lord while you're fasting. I can't even explain it. You just feel like you can hear the Lord more clearly. I don't understand why, but it is what it is. Fasting releases supernatural power in your life. You'll have a power in, in this supernatural uh, that you won't even be able to explain if you really do it and you really seek after God through it. And then it'll bring, it'll bring an awareness of God's presence and his purpose for you in your life. I've heard people did 21 days of prayer and fasting or whatever. A lot of people do at the beginning of the year and they come out of that thing just like completely different. They're a different person when they come out. If they really go after God during that time because they're taking that time to seek after the Lord and like get away from the busyness of life, right? You can fast social media along with it or you can get off your phone. I'm probably, ooh, this is gonna be really hard. Lindsay, yesterday she was like, you've been on your phone all day today. Like you can fast some food and you can fast your phone. And I was like, ugh, Holy Spirit speaking through my wife right now. Like, I don't know if I like that, but I think I'm going to. So 120 people changed the world. Don't you think that us in this room could change our cities? Don't you think that us in this room could change Hayes County, the greater Austin area, San Marcos, all the way down to San Antonio? Could we change the state of Texas? Like, could people hear about what's happening at Radical Church from all over the state and people start coming in because they're healing of, or hearing of different healings and, and different kind of crazy things that are happening here in this place that God's spirit is moving at Radical Church? Like, do you think that it's possible that people would come from all over the nation to see what's happening at this church? Listen, I believe that it's possible because if 120 people can do it, then 120 people right here can do it too. But it requires pressing in. It requires the from all of us, the unity that was in that room that day. Could you imagine every single one of them with purpose, praying, seeking after God, all of them. It requires that unity of us together to do this thing. So would you join me in fasting? You know, starting on Wednesday, you could do a Daniel fast, which will give you some resources, okay? I'm not, I'll send you an email tomorrow about what this looks like for us, okay? There's different kinds of fasts you can do. Um, but would you pray with us? We'll have prayer points. We'll have uh, different types of fasts that you could do and you can try out. If you've never fasted before, I'm gonna give you a lot of good information on it because I just want you to know everything that there is to know. I don't wanna send you in blindly to this thing. That's why we're doing it starting Wednesday, Okay. And then we'll end on the next Sunday. We'll have our, our July 3rd uh, party and then we'll end it on the next Sunday. And you know what we're gonna do on that Sunday? We're gonna pray for the sick. And if you know somebody that's sick and needs a healing, then I'm just believing that the spirit of God is gonna get poured out after 10 days of prayer and fasting, that you're gonna be baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, that people are gonna be healed. People are gonna be set free from addictions. Like marriages are gonna be restored, like just right then and there. I don't even know why, but I just love you so much. Like, oh my gosh, give me a big hug. Like I've hated you for the last three years, but now I love you. Like it's just the Holy Spirit kind of stuff. That, that's what the Holy Spirit of God does, amen? So will you join me in that? Will you do that with me? 
Come on, can I get a yes? Can I get a shake of head? Come on, like, let's pray and fast together and ask that God would pour his spirit out. I'm just gonna pray for you right now because we could have everybody come up to the front like we did last week and pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We could do all that good stuff, but listen, I said this last week, it's not about me praying for you. You have to want it. Like I got baptized in the spirit when I was 15. I was by myself on a playground, okay? Like I just was, you know, Lord Jesus, help me. Like I need more of you. Bam, I'm on the ground, like crazy. Just seek after it yourself, please, 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 please. Don't go from this place and not be changed. Don't hear these words and not be different. If you, if you came out of last week and you weren't any different, examine your heart because that changed me literally from the inside out, all of it. So I'm gonna pray for each and every one of us and ask that the Holy Spirit would just move in power over this church. And listen, what I want you to do is I want you to think about how you will fast and how you will pray and ask God that he would baptize you in his spirit and fill you up this week, whenever it is, by yourself, get alone with God, turn off your phone, turn off the distractions and just get in your Bible, turn on some worship music. I don't care what you have to do, but just get with God, amen? Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you're doing it right now, that your spirit is moving in this place, that your presence is moving in this place. God, I ask that right now that your spirit would baptize us, right now would fill us with your Holy Spirit. For those of us that are filled, would you refill us, God, to where we are overflowing, that it's not me that lives anymore, but it is Christ in me that lives. It's not me and it's not my, my job to get everybody saved. Listen, Jesus, we know that that's you through your Holy Spirit. Your Holy Spirit is convicting hearts and leading people towards you. And God, I ask that even right now that maybe there's somebody in this place that needs to give their life back to you. God, they've been not living a life that honors you and they know that. You know it and they know it and maybe they're just trying to ignore it. But God, I ask that right now that somebody would say yes to Jesus, that somebody would give their life back to you, that somebody maybe would give their life to you for the first time, recognizing that we were born into sin and we were all sinners, right? And that God, it was the gift of of God that you sent your son down to die on the cross for us so that we could have life. Jesus, you raised from the dead on the third day and, and now you're alive. And that's why we're so grateful. That's why we worship. And so I just pray that the reality of the gospel, the reality that Jesus is alive and that this really happened, that this is a real thing, not just some fairy tale. I pray that Holy Spirit, you would convict somebody's heart right now to turn away from their sin, to repent from their sin, from their old way of living and take on a new identity in you, Jesus. I ask it right now that somebody's heart would be transformed by Jesus right now. And God, I ask again that people would be wanting this gift of the Holy Spirit, that you would increase our wisdom and our revelation of knowing who you are and knowing who we are knowing the tools and the gifts and the the things that you've given us to help share our faith with others and that we would fervently seek after the gifts of the Holy Spirit, that we would seek after the filling of the Holy Spirit. And I believe God, you're doing it right now, right in this place. And over the next, you know, two weeks, over the 10 days of prayer and fasting, I believe that we are going to see miracles in and through our church. And there will be testimonies and testimonies and testimonies and testimonies of what God is doing through this house And it's gonna be only because of your spirit, not because of me, not because of anybody's personality or because of anybody's intellect. It's not gonna have anything to do with anybody. 
It's only gonna give glory to you, God. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you're doing in this place. Would your spirit move over each and every one of these people right here, right now? God, I thank you for who you are. I thank you, Jesus. Hey, can we, are you playing Holy Spirit? Reading that key? Cool. Can you switch it real quick? I just want us to sing, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here one more time before we leave. Can we do that together? All right, let's sing together. Ready? Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence, Lord, and Holy Spirit, you are well. Come on, lift up your voice. Sing it out. Come flood this place, the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for to be overcome. Come on, sing it again. Lift it up to Jesus. Come on. We sing, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for to be overcome by your presence, Lord. Help us to become more aware of your presence. Speak to us, God. Let us hear your voice and feel your love, God. Feel your spirit moving in us and through us, God. Encourage us, Lord, that we can be bold in radical faith and radical boldness to step out of our comfort zone and to live the life that you would have for us, Jesus. Not a life of comfort, not a life of just living for me, but about living for others, living for my family, living for my kids, living for the stranger at H-E-B. God, I thank you that you're doing it in this place. Would you meet us over these next two weeks as we pray and as we fast together? God, I believe that signs, wonders, and miracles will come out of this house. You will lead us into truth, Holy Spirit, and you will lead us into righteousness. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. Come on, can you give God praise one more time? Hey, thank you so much for being here and going along this journey with us. Um, Seriously, invite somebody next week to uh, the Red, White, and Blue Bash. It's gonna be a lot of fun, but we're gonna be right back in this same kind of atmosphere, right back in this mindset of going after the Holy Spirit, teaching them the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, uh, because I don't wanna move on from this thing. I think God has something for us here, amen? All right, God bless you guys. See you next week.